Good morning. Tennis legend and disability advocate Dylan Alcott has been named our 2022 Australian of the Year. Let's go live to political reporter Rob Scott in Canberra. Good morning, Rob. This was an emotional victory. Yes, it was, Jody. And, and Dylan Alcott becomes the first person with a disability to be uh, awarded the Australian of the Year. The 31-year-old Paralympian was honoured not only for his achievements on the tennis court with 23 wheelchair grand slams to his name, but also for his tireless disability advocacy. In 2017, he founded the Dylan Alcott Foundation to provide scholarships to marginalised Australians with a disability. He accepted the award last night with his trademark humour, telling the audience he didn't think he was in with the shot to win until he saw, quote, the really good-looking ramp. I sit here as a proud man with a disability tonight. I love my disability. It is the best thing that ever happened to me. It really is. And I'm so thankful for the life that, that I get to live. 71-year-old Val Dempsey was named Senior Australian of the Year for her more than 50 years of dedication to St John Ambulance. Young Australian of the Year went to Dr Daniel Noor. The 26-year-old's not-for-profit Streetside Doctors provides medical help for the homeless. Shana Wan is this year's local hero. She was recognised for her charity work changing the conversation around alcohol in the bush. The nation's richest woman, Gina Reinhardt, was appointed an Officer of the Order of Australia, while singer Delta Goodrum was named a member of the Order of Australia, along with basketballer Paddy Mills and swimmer Emma McKeon. Jody, Some amazing recipients. OK, thanks, Rob. Prime Minister Scott Morrison has received a frosty reception from the outgoing Australian of the Year, Grace Tame. The prize winner appeared to give the Prime Minister a side-eye after an awkward handshake on her last official day in the role. The exchange occurred during a morning tea at the Lodge. Ms Tame later posed for a photo with opposition leader Anthony Albanese, who described her advocacy against sexual assault as extraordinary. Sydney Harbour's iconic monuments lit up overnight ahead of Australia Day. The iconic sails of the Opera House and the Sydney Harbour Bridge were illuminated in Australian imagery in preparation for the national holiday. Major events will go ahead across the country despite the threat of Omicron. An Australia Day live concert kicking off tonight in the Opera House forecourt. New South Wales has extended its mask mandate by a month as authorities work to prevent another flare-up in cases. The two-square-metre rule, QR check-ins and a ban on singing and dancing in pubs and clubs will stay in place until February 28. This is a, a cautious approach, a safe and measured approach as we move through um, this next phase. In Victoria, cases rose to nearly 15,000 yesterday and the state recorded a further 29 deaths. That's despite predictions the Omicron wave has already peaked. Detectives investigating the murder of Charlize Mutton have revealed distressing new details of how the nine-year-old's life was tragically cut short. She died after suffering a gunshot wound, with new security video showing how her remains were driven across Sydney. Officers are searching for the gun and hoping for more vital evidence from the public. According to police, this is vision of a stepdad caught carrying out the darkest of deeds. Having allegedly shot his nine-year-old stepdaughter, detectives say Justin Stein is driving this red Holden Colorado ute around Sydney, trying to dispose of her remains. 
Crucial evidence as they piece together a timeline for the final hours of Shalisa's young life. It's hard to talk about, it's hard to um, think about. A post-mortem confirming how the young girl died. She um, suffered a fatal gunshot wound. I'm still heavily shocked, I still haven't really processed that yet. They still don't know why, the motive isn't clear, but police have re-interviewed her mother. We're treating her as a witness. The evidence all suggests that uh, Justin uh, uh, Stein is the only person uh, responsible for the murder. The ute was first spotted at a service station just before 6pm on January 13. The boat and tray covered over, perhaps to conceal the plastic barrel and its tragic contents. As alluded to, the boat has been um, covered up, but um, when you see the CCTV footage, there's also a tarp on the back of the ute. Just after 7pm, police say this is Justin Stein again, driving at Dremoyne. Then minutes later, he heads to a boat ramp. Early the following morning, police say Stein made another attempt to offload the barrel, stopping at the Windsor boat ramp for 10 minutes. He then headed to the Colo River jetty before finally dumping the drum on the edge of a road. These timings and locations, especially in the early hours of the morning, would have been unusual. Yesterday, the search continued for both a murder weapon... Small calibre um, firearm. ..and a location where she was shot. Homicide detectives are working on a theory that because she was found in a barrel from his family's Mount Wilson property, she may well have been killed there too. Edwina Bartholomew, 7 News. Mark McGowan has been ordered to leave Western Australia for an appearance in a Sydney court next month. The WA Premier and his Attorney-General are both expected to give evidence at a defamation trial involving billionaire Clive Palmer. He had applied to be excused from appearing in person to avoid having to self-quarantine for 14 days when he returns to WA, but that has been turned down. Teachers in South Australia have given the government a 48-hour ultimatum to come up with a better plan to manage COVID in the classroom, otherwise they'll strike on the first day of school. Almost two-thirds of all union members supported industrial action in a ballot yesterday after their attempts to delay the start of the school year were rebuffed. They're calling for a better offer by tomorrow morning. A quick check of sport now and Ash Barty is into her second straight Australian Open semi-final after a crushing straight sets win over 21st seed Jessica Pagula. The world number one reeled off the last nine games of the match to set up a clash with unseeded American Madison Keys. That was solid tonight. Um, I, had, I had a lot of fun out here. I was able to... Um... <laughs> Crowd behaviour is once again in the spotlight. Seventh seed Matteo Berrettini's epic five-set win over Gael Monfils was stopped for over a minute due to unruly fans. He will face Rafael Nadal in the semis, who survived his own five-setter to a furious Denis Shapovalov, who claimed the 20-time Grand Slam winner is favoured by umpires. And there hasn't been anything more entertaining in this tournament than Nick Kyrgios and Tanasi Kokonakis's doubles run, even when things don't go to plan. In their final quarter, in their quarterfinal, Kyrgios smashed a ball into the crowd, which hit a young fan. So he decided to make it up to him. Well, that'll make him feel a little better. <laughs> Fortunately, Nick had plenty more rackets. The Aussie duo won in three sets to reach the semis. 
Checking Australia Day's weather now, around the capitals a shower or two in Brisbane, heading for a top of 28 degrees. Partly cloudy, 27 in Sydney. Partly cloudy also in Canberra, heading for 29. Possible showers, 35 the top in Melbourne. A shower or two, 21 in Hobart. 31 and humid in Adelaide. Sunny and 30 degrees in Perth. And a possible storm, 33 in Darwin.